Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that features the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It's the LB Fee Show, hosted by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right, Mike Gardabasio. You can find this podcast at longbeachstate.com, or you can go to the 562.org, where we hope you sign up and subscribe to support local sports coverage. Yeah, it's not our only podcast. We're talking sports all over the city, and it's our honor to be hosting this show with Andy Fee. So without any further ado, Andy, how's it going? Happy Monday, gentlemen. And as we kick off uh, the 2018 season, uh, I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us back. Uh, one of our favorite Monday afternoon activities is recording <laughs> this podcast. What better <laughs> way, right, my to Monday spend afternoons. your Monday afternoon than <laughs> breaking it down with yours truly. Huh? Um, no, but in all seriousness, last year was such a great year for the university. Uh, we're really excited uh, you know, to have started this show with you and uh, very happy you guys are having us back for this year. Uh, fans, uh, if this is your first time listening, you can expect every other week we'll have an interview with a Long Beach State coach or personality. Uh, we'll be co-hosting the podcast with Andy, so you get to hear his thoughts on what's going on at Long Beach State as well as uh, around the sporting world. And I, well, we had a blast last year, but I think it was so much – it just it felt so much better to me by the end of the year that I'm excited this year. I think we loosened some of the coaches up. You know, I mean, Long Beach obviously, unfortunately, does not have a sports radio network, so they're not used to doing a lot of interviews. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for year two. I think it's going to be great. Andy, we obviously had a busy summer. Did you have a busy summer? I saw you traveling a little bit. A little travel. So uh, the wife and I, uh, Nicole, we went down to Mexico and, and went to Zihuatanejo. And then if, if are you you guys are movie guys. When I, when I say Zihuatanejo, what movie do you think of? Large pullback, Andy grabbing red, just <laughs> hugging the S out of him. <laughs> right, right. One of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, without question. Without question. It's all about hope, Andy. It's, it's all it's, about hope. It's Shawshank Redemption week here at uh, <laughs> Long Beach State Athletic. Are, are, are you watching Castle Rock? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you also just been stacking up the Mexico trips. Are you just going two times to Mexico every year now? Is that you, the goal? You know, I don't know if they'll give me dual citizenship <laughs> or how that'll work, but uh, you never know. Um, yeah, we, uh, we had a busy summer. You had a busy summer, so we're all kind of coming back it's kicking off with soccer it's kicking off with volleyball i wanted to talk to you because we weren't able to because it hadn't been cleared yet this new stain on the floor in the walter pyramid i gotta say i'm a big fan i like the darker tones yeah definitely you know a departure from uh, from the palm tree look but uh you know one thing that i've talked about numerous times you guys have heard me say this over and over is you know we talk about the grit the blue collar work ethic here in the city of long beach and you know, we wanted to, to create something on our floor that, that kind of embodied that feeling. And, and I think it turned out great. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I think the fans will uh, really grow to love it. It is. You are placing a lot of significance on the, the darkness of the wood grain when you talk about the grit and the blue collar stuff. But what I'm excited about is, to be honest with you, I think the biggest improvement I've seen happen in the pyramid is one that most people probably didn't notice, which was the lights last year. Uh, and I think from what I've heard and sort of seen just a little bit already, I think it's going to look awesome in there on game days with the way that the floor looks uh, and all the different things you guys can do with the light. So I'm, I'm excited for that, too. And insanely enough, volleyball season is just around the corner. Yep. You know, we're going to be talking to head coach uh, of the soccer program, Riccio Ingrassi, a little bit later. They've got a game uh, this weekend. I, I just feel like this this was the shortest summer ever for me. I don't know if you felt that way, too, you know, sort of settling in a little bit. But it was just like – 
my wife kind of kicked me August 1st. And it's like, hey, you know, you're about to be covering sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's flown by. And I, I think maybe I say, I say it every year. But I agree this year for some reason. Uh, I can't even believe that. I mean, I was talking to Rob Clark about September so right. yeah. go, go figure where the heck we are on the calendar. We, we got we got the Halloween decorations are like already out, ready to get put up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's zipping by. Rob actually mentioned to me this summer that you guys are also planning on putting handrails on the uh, on the sides of the pyramid. I think that's as big a news as the floor stain, to be honest with you. Yeah, safety first here at the pyramid, <laughs> so fans will uh, be able to rock and roll up and down those uh, those stairs. As somebody who films from multiple locations during the game, I appreciate that. I was going to say, it's really a JJ safety measure, but, uh, I, I, you know, as someone whose livelihood depends on JJ's health and safety, I appreciate it. Um, JJ mentioned there's been some big uh, NCAA changes. I know you guys had talked about that a little bit before that stuff was coming down. Um, Basketball-wise, it changes obviously more directed at the high major kids and, you know, the Power 5 programs. But, you know, now that you're seeing stuff like players being able to have agents and stuff like that, what do you think of the changes that came down recently and and sort of the effect that's going to have on the NCAA as a whole? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I think I'm going to use the term a little bit of a half measure in my opinion. Um, You know, I think a lot of what the – the general population, I'll throw that out there. You, you talk about what, what we were trying or what are we trying to fix in college basketball, and I think one of the biggest things is, is talking about these payments to prospects. I'm not really sure how the new rules changes really are going to stop that. I don't know if that's really been addressed in this. You know, the idea that the top 100 can, can have an agent, well, A, who's determining really who the top 100 are? So you get into that whole deal. Of, yes. So – you know, I, I I get it, but in some ways, I, I don't know if it really addresses the root, root issues. I couldn't agree with you more. Half measure might be generous, overly generous by half. It might, it, from my perspective, it might be <laughs> almost be a political. quarter measure. Yeah, but, I, you know, it is, like, that was my first thought is, like, so what's the difference between the 100th kid and the 101st kid, number one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then number two, yeah, I mean, I, I also think some of the exclusionary stuff they did with the, uh, with, you know, live events and stuff like that, I, personally, I mean, JJ and I cover a lot of high school sports, obviously. I always feel like AAU ball kind of, to be honest with you, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Like, the issues are centered to me around the about, around the money, you know. And, I mean, a lot of the AAU programs uh, are not moneyed programs that are kind of moving kids around and doing stuff uh, that's, that's shady or whatever. But, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. It, I guess what we could maybe agree on is it seems like a first step. Like, it doesn't yes. seem like this is like, oh, cool, we solved it. Everything is going to be great. And I guess I'm, I'm curious to see how the path they've chosen uh, evolves over the next couple years. There's also new transfer rules coming too, right? Or the possibility for new transfer rules because the student athletes themselves are pushing for it. Yeah, so, so that will take effect October 15th. And, um, you know, the biggest rules effect that is is before a student athlete would basically have to contact the school to gain permission um, for that transfer process to begin now, uh, the way it'll work is that student-athlete will essentially just declare their intent to transfer, and then the institution then has approximately, I think it's 48 hours, two days, to put them into a database. And once their name goes into a database, then basically the whole transfer market, which is just crazy to me, will begin. Who, who, gets, the, who gets the phone call when that notification happens Friday at 8 p.m. that by <laughs> Sunday night right, exactly. <laughs> they've got to have entered a departing student's information into the database? That's yeah, awesome. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be different. You know, the, the intent is to, uh, is to give uh, student-athletes uh, more opportunity. Um, 
I, I just always worry about the, the whole you know, the tampering. You know, I, I, I'm not sure if this will negate tampering or I mean a lot of the, what we've been just talking about is we'll have to wait and see right the proof will be in the pudding as to what the, the, the real implications will be but you know I know the intent is to enhance the student-athlete experience so, so you know if you're on an island evolution happens faster on an island and then the bigger the society the slower that that changes in movement I feel like we've gotten a little bit of island biogeography on transfers with the CIF southern section which is the high school organizing body in southern California this has been they have tried I feel like every different transfer option Option available until literally like a few years back the lawsuit costs were just so high that they literally threw their hands up and they're like anyone can transfer for any reason you have to sit out for three weeks like that's it yeah um, and you know for me it, it's it's really curious it's just it's overall a societal trend I know a lot of people in sports don't like it uh, a lot of people do like it but of just families and kids wanting more control over what they're doing and obviously is the sort of trickle down of that more control over the programs that they're a part of and you know here at Long Beach State we've seen transfers come in that have made huge impacts and then gone on to the NBA and been great and then kids you transfer out that break your heart and (laughs) you know change the course of the season as well so I, I think from our perspective it's a lot more to write about I guess <laughs> it's, it's you sort of like write about a new class coming in three times a year instead of one times a right. year. It feels like, yeah, but there are no guarantees. You can't look at last year's roster anymore. It's right. It, but it's definitely a, a, a brave new world for college sports. And like I said, we've kind of been living it on the high school side a little bit more, but uh, curious as well on that to see where that takes the NCAA over the next few years. One of the other big stories here at Long Beach state this fall is the new hall of fame class. You guys just announced Yay! it. That's right. Dinner, that's right. dinner. That dinner is actually going to be the same week as homecoming, so that's a huge week for the right. university, which I think is really cool. Uh, but one thing I noticed is the youngsters are in there. Yes, we're going to be talking about to uh, Mauricio Gracia, the Long Beach State women's soccer coach, in just a minute about his representative Nadia Link. But she's not the only one who's played here at Long Beach State within the last decade. Yeah, we like covered Cas- half these kids: Casper Ware, <laughs> Jason Vargas, Kay Hoy. I mean, you could even go back to David Lee yeah. because we've covered David Lee, and we've only been working in the city for like a decade. So, was there a concerted effort from the university to include these younger athletes or athletes who have been at the university? more recently because let's be honest Casper Ware is going to end up in the Long Beach State Hall of Fame at some point why not just put him in now yeah you know I think um, that era was an unbelievable era when I kind of went back myself and started to kind of look at the kind of the resumes of of who who is eligible to to go into the Hall of Fame um, those were some unbelievable golden years and I think the committee um, you know, it looks at everybody. I mean, I know the committee that we, we have that uh, they were given everybody's resume that you could possibly think of. Um, Roger Kirk, uh, his staff, can, they put together a huge compilation of, uh, of data. And I think in the end, um, the candidates that, that they felt um, were the most deserving rose to the top based upon, the, you know, each of their body of work. And uh, I think, you know, you're going to talk to Mauricio and he's going to talk about Nadia and if you talk to Coach Munson, he, he'd talk about uh, Casper or, or Alan would, would, would talk about David Lee. The, these are just unbelievable student-athletes. Yeah, the influence of these coaches, man. Munson and Gracia on campus for like a decade or whatever, and their best players are already in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's well, influence. But you know what? But And JJ and I are huge Hall of Fame fans. I mean, we, um, we've been involved with the Century Club uh, Hall of Fame banquet. Basically, I feel like the, all 10 years we've been working as writers. But I just think because Long Beach, especially because of the media landscape, because we don't have a TV channel, 
um, because we don't have a lot of this stuff that, you know, like if you were Kansas State or something, you're, you're dominating the media market. So everyone knows the history and they see all these stuff. I think it's really important for institutions to have these events because that is how you connect your fans to your history. But uh, like I, I'm on the board for the Century Club banquet, and I always say that every year. Why do you? Why wait? You know, why wait till yeah. someone's 60 years old to put him in the Hall of Fame? JJ just said it. You know, Casper Ware could stop playing basketball tomorrow, and he's going in the Long Beach State Hall of Fame, right? So why not put him in the Hall of Fame when the people who re- people who remember those games? You know, I mean, they were just at the games not that long ago. It wasn't yesterday, but it wasn't 40 years ago. Um, and I, I think that's awesome because it to me that is the middle ground on that bridge to the you know the the connection with the history. I also want to say putting in arguably the best team ever in Long Beach State history in the 1998 women's volleyball team. That was my sort of first introduction to Long Beach State sports. And I think for people who grew up in Long Beach, a lot of people that was the case too. That was the first one that really broke through. They were on the cover of the Press Telegram all the time, and you saw them everywhere. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fired up for that one. How do people attend the event, Andy? How do, how do they get involved in the Hall of Fame? So they can contact um, our ticket office and get information. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to really, and you alluded to kind of a, a homecoming week, that, that's going to be an unbelievable week of just celebrating, um, you know, what, what these student athletes uh, did here at the beach and, uh, and, and what's going to come in the future. But, um, you can contact our ticket office. They'll, they'll get all the information out. But we're, we're going to be, you know, papering the campus and, and the community. We and we, uh, th- this is a community event. I, I, you know, it is it specific. Yes, is it our, you know, the Beach Hall of Fame? Yes. But these are these are student athletes um, who this whole community alluded to the Press Telegram and others who followed these programs. So you know, it's not just our particular celebration, it's our community celebration, and that, that's something we're really committed to. That'll be on November 8th at the Long Beach Hyatt, which is a beautiful spot to have an event like that. Excited oh, yeah. to get down there by the water and, uh, and check that out. Andy, we'll be joining you again in just a second as we bring our first guest on here. But before we do that, we have to remind you about what you're going to find at the 562.org. Obviously, all your Long Beach State coverage. Obviously, coverage of all the local high, high schools. We've got newsletters. We've got videos. We've got previews, recaps, photo, Twitter updates. we got all kinds of interaction, everything you could ever want. We've got high school football season starting up this week, so certainly plenty to say about that. But it's fall everywhere, and you can find JJ's preview of the Long Beach State women's soccer team as well as my preview of the Long Beach State women's volleyball team coming up soon. We are now joined by our guest in his 15 years here at Long Beach State. Six NCAA tournament appearances, seven-time Big West Conference champions, the man who's gone to more World Cups than any of us have ever even considered going to, Mauricio Ingracia. How you doing, Coach? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You guys get going here against number two UCLA on Friday and then your home opener on Sunday at high noon against SMU. You guys got to be feeling pretty excited right now. Yeah, absolutely. I told the kids that the, the season starts today with today's training, and uh, they had a pretty good one to start earning these results on the weekend. I can't believe you've been the head coach for 15 years. You you started right when JJ and I started school here, and I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I can't believe that was 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been a coach for 15 years. It's 14. Oh, okay. okay you're okay. in your 15th year. <laughs> starting my 15th year. Yes. We got we, we to give you the credit there. Um, right. You already really started your season because obviously you've been training for a few weeks. Uh, in these hot, sweltering days. And then you guys got a chance to have a scrimmage against a Big West opponent on Saturday. You guys took on UC Irvine in Irvine. How'd that go? Um, it went well, you know, for what we were trying to get out of the scrimmage is getting everybody into the game, 
um, figure out some roles for some players. And um, we had a, it was a great venue. It was uh, it was a nice evening with a lot of our fans showed up. We were really appreciative of that. And um, and yeah, everything but the result. But uh, like I said, they 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 uh, the the team was good. The the players were good. Um, and we got a lot out of it. Pretty amazing uh, facility down there. And like you said on uh, on Saturday, it gave you practice for having a locker room, which should be coming here in the next month, right? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we're we're so so excited about that. So appreciative of where our program's at and the the possibility of of having a facility on campus. Just today, I just did film right in this room, and and I was praying that there was nobody in here. <laughs> um, little things like that that make a big difference for us. Right, right. Obviously making a big difference this year, coming back from injury, uh, two big knee injuries you guys had last year. Uh, but Ashley Gonzalez went down against UCLA, actually, last year. And you guys open against UCLA. She's back. She's cleared. She's been practicing all summer. Uh, what's it like to have some Ashley back? I mean, it's just got to change the way you guys attack, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, right now we've, we're limiting her. Uh, she she played 45 minutes against Irvine, played 45 minutes the, the scrimmage before, but she's doing really, really well. So I'm thinking we're going to increase minutes this weekend. And Ashley's just that player that finds you energy and finds you goals when when the, the, the game is stale. Uh, so she's a very important part of our attack for the past four years. Do you see other players like maybe, maybe Kate Pingle like changing or looking different when Ashley's back on the field? Oh, Ashley energizes not just herself, but everybody around her. Um, she's a leader today in the middle of training. She stopped training. She brought everybody in. She didn't like the uh, the mentality, and uh, and she rallied the troops. and And so it's it's a plus to have her uh, in a leadership role. Uh, obviously, you guys every year have uh, been able to stack some pretty good recruiting classes on top of each other. Uh, who are some of the kind of like new faces, the talented uh, youngsters that your fans should be looking out for? I think if you watched the game on Saturday, you would have liked. Uh, there was only one player that played 90 minutes for us. It's uh, Alicia. Laramie, we call her AC for short. Uh, she played in the back. She's a very athletic uh, player, could play both back row and front row. So we're excited about her. Uh, we have Sierra Castles, number 11, uh, pretty explosive, can play in midfield, can play up front. Uh, Lena Solano had got some time at outside back. Um, we have a uh, new keeper, uh, Abby Trengove. We have uh, two midfielders uh, in uh, Angie Morales, who's a playmaker, left-footed, a uh, li little bit of like like Mimi Rangel, comes from the same club, uh, has some youth national team experience as well on the, on the U.S. side. And uh, the other player that we played in the midfield, Charlotte uh, Guillory. She comes from La Marinda, which is a, a style of play that, that, that fits into how we play. And she's a very nice player, very high IQ. There's future in these kids. I believe that um, getting him in the weight room and getting him stronger um, is going to really develop him into the players that they can be. Speaking of style of play, you guys play that Barcelona FC, paint the field, keep the ball possession style. Is it difficult to teach young girls, young kids to come into this program and maybe play a style they've never played before because you're not shy about throwing freshmen into the fire? It's not difficult. I mean, it's it, it is it just takes time. You have to spend time in the film room and and um, it's not difficult I, I think the the player a good player will play under any style under any system under any coach that's that's we believe that and we recruit those types of players and so it does help when they they come with some sort of background but no definitely uh, not something that people can't can't get adjusted to and um, and 
the longer an idea is around, uh, the less potent it becomes. People people start start to figure it out. So yeah. so we're starting to be a little more chameleon like as well. We're you know we're not showing all our cards, um, and uh, there's different ways for us to play. Definitely different shapes mm -hmm. for us to play, and those are the things. Those are the, that's the fun part uh, of coaching is trying to figure out those chess pieces and trying to figure out. Okay, how how do we build out of the back with this type of situation and that type of situation? Right now, um, this is when we're, we're uh, 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 this is where all the learning uh, it happens early in the preseason. All of the players I talked to this month have all said the same thing about this team being more cohesive, more together, more of a team now this early in the season than teams of the recent past. Why do you think that is? Well, they they spent a lot of time together in the spring. We we spent a lot of time building leadership, um, building culture creating culture um, players they read by classes they read a couple books each class and uh, and they really did a lot of soul searching a lot of um, a lot of learning and a lot of connecting between themselves so they built a lot of trust with each other and that's, I think that's what they're feeling also going to Chula Vista for five days as a group four nights uh, being isolated and being um, without distractions together as a group I think that helps as well so it helps build that trust that connectivity that you need in order to be able to respond uh, to all the adversities of a season. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier with Andy about the upcoming Long Beach State uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony, how happy we are that that's back. Uh, you must be feeling like uh, a proud papa times two to have uh, Nadia Link, your first player that you coach going into the Hall of Fame. Nadia, uh, as you know, one of our favorite kids we've ever covered at any level in any place. Um, but, you know, what does that kind of mean to you to have your two-time All-American and uh, second-leading goal scorer in program history go into that Hall of Fame? Well, I think for the program, I'm going to speak for the program. I think we, I think the program, uh, rightfully has earned a, a player in the in the Hall of Fame for Long Beach State. I think um, I'm very proud of that, and I think we all are very proud of that. And she, she's the one this year. But I think she she knows that there's uh, uh, some some other players that she is kind of the symbol. Uh, for and, and going in there um, as rightfully so, uh, two-time All-American and with her story and, and, and how much she gave to university and how much she continues to give back um, and how this program helped shape her future. She just, she just uh, graduated from law school. It was amazing. So I couldn't be prouder. Uh, definitely uh, proud for the program, but Nadia's just a, a great kid. It's a great family, and and little Adriana's nine years old, and she's a little soccer player. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so. crazy that she's nine. I mean, I remember tripping over her on the way to interview you guys after big games and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so so it's been a great story, and and for her to be in the Hall of Fame kind of caps it all, right? Yeah, it does. And uh, like we it. said, like we said to Andy, that's some influence, coach. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like less than 10 years on the, on the job, and then just this kid's just going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just throwing I mean, your weight around. National championship. Or, <laughs> you know? Uh, let's have some fun. You went to the World Cup this summer, like I mentioned before. You've been to more World Cups than, than anybody. How many is it now? 24 years worth. Wow. So since. Uh, That's incredible. Since 1994, which was in the U.S. You told me. Yeah, uh, 94 is not your biggest accomplishment. You, yeah, you told me that <laughs> Moscow is beautiful. That it I is. need to go. It is. I think bucket list for people. Really? Yeah. Um, I, obviously, the world during the World Cup, things are a lot. Right. It's got his makeup on. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But it's absolutely uh, a stunning place. Uh, all the all the color that you see, all the 
picturesque yeah. buildings and the grandeur of it times that by two or three when you're live there looking at it it's just it's just outstanding what was the best game you went to uh best game for sure by far mexico germany yeah yeah by yeah. far that was a, that was a great one do you have a rooting interest in el tree like as a U- american soccer fan i kind of have a rivalry with them but i also kind of enjoy watching them play you know i have uh it's funny because because argentina and, and uh mexico are not yeah they're not friendly yeah u.s and mexico definitely not friendly argentina's right? got its fair share of rivals yeah yeah for sure <laughs> for sure we stack them up so i don't have any reason to 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 be a fan except that my wife played for the world cup for a for a mexican team in, really yeah in 1999 and so when we went to watch mexico she was in her full mexico jersey <laughs> uh singing the national anthem and all that so nice. so i do have a soft part soft spot in my heart for for mexico and would definitely rooting uh against the germans okay besides your boy messi who's the best player in the world right now the best player in the world right now yeah besides my boy messi yeah well it has to be cristiano ronaldo okay yeah, yeah, I didn't know if that sure. rivalry was so thick that you couldn't even see. I couldn't even the say fog. him. Yeah. I couldn't I put him. I, in the, I couldn't put him in the podium. Like they don't, they don't yeah. put each other in the podium. Yeah, that's um, right. no, I know. I love Cristiano. Cristiano for me is just a what a great example of someone that's made himself into who he is. Um, he is, if you if you he trains longer than everybody, and he's thirty four, and he's it seems like he's getting better with age. And in soccer, that's very difficult to do mm-hmm. uh, in that posi- in his position. Goalkeepers can play until later, but but a, a guy that that you need to be explosive and the guy is just unbelievable. Yeah. So. Uh, Man City, for my money, they're the best club in the world right now. Can they triple? Win they the league, win the Champions League, win the FA Cup. They could do anything. They, I mean, they 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 have they have a lot of pieces for sure. Yeah. Would you like that roster? <laughs> <laughs> I I take I take one one hundredth of their budget. <laughs> they're, bringing Bru- they're bringing De Bruyne off the bench, coach. This yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you guys were picked to finish second in the Big West. You obviously have an RPI-friendly schedule like you have had in the recent years, and it puts you in a great position. So last question, what's your biggest concern headed into this season? Um, concerns? I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to get going. I'm excited for this opening weekend. Uh, we do have a, a hefty schedule. Biggest concern would be – making sure that we settle in as quickly as possible with our schedule that's the one difficult thing is is you're 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 not you're not playing two or three games and then keying up for a bigger game like if you look at our schedule pretty much all the games that we play are either top five or or tournament teams or or top 25 teams so you we just have to learn to respond and try to settle in quickly to the rigors of of our type of preseason and then after that you got to change gears and it's the big west where everybody knows everybody and they know everyone knows each other's secrets we played each other for years and that's almost like a second season uh that you get ready for but uh, yeah i would say uh the the biggest um right now the biggest i don't want to call our concern but it's more uh our um our goal right now is make sure that we're settling into the season as quickly as possible Friday night at number two, UCLA, 7 o'clock. And then on Sunday, high noon, August 19th, the home opener at George Allen Field against SMU. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. We're going to have to have you back on at some point this season, hopefully before the uh, Big West tournament. But uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much.
So great to get to talk to Coach Ingrassia right before their season starts. Excited to see how they do against UCLA on Friday. Uh, Andy, uh, welcome back again. Thanks for having us on the show. And uh, what do you what are you are you going to UCLA on Friday? Are you going to go check the game out? Yeah, that's the plan. Head up to uh, to the campus up in Westwood, and uh, let's see if we can shock the world. Avoid the four hundred five, Andy. It's my so best what, advice. Uh, yeah. It's never How good so? news on the four hundred five. Friday <laughs> at seven. What could go wrong? Just like, is there a subway? Can you take no, a subway bro. there? Is there Listen, a train? I, I, when, parachute when I, in. Yeah, when I was a student at Long Beach State, my now wife, Shar, uh, was go, she went to UCLA for four years. And trust me, there's the, it's the 405 is the fastest way, but that does not mean it's fast. No. <laughs> Boy, Drake Stadium, man. Some great memories of uh, Long Beach State women's soccer. In fact, Ashley Rose's picture of the game-winning goal at Drake Stadium to send them to the Elite Eight is right behind Andy Fee's shoulder. In the collage <laughs> here in the Euclea room in the Walter Pyramid. So uh, history upon history for that young program. So so much fun to talk to Ingracia all the time. Probably one of the most entertaining trainings as well. Because they're active. They don't stop to talk a lot no. during Ingracia trainings. They're always moving. And they do this thing where they put four goals out. So two on each side so the team can score in either goal. And they don't call any fouls. So it's real, like, backyard, you know, schoolyard type game. Better pay attention. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's a pickup game for sure. (laughs) Well, I remember you wanted to put together a video highlight of the beep test. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) Beep test is fascinating. (laughs) The beep test is so much fun. Put some dramatic music over that thing, and you could sell it to Netflix. (laughs) If uh, if you want to go to that game at UCLA, if you want to be at George Allen Field here on the Long Beach State campus Sunday at noon for the SMU game, uh, or if you want to go to the Long Beach State Hall of Fame induction ceremony on November 8th at the Hyatt, make sure and reach out to the Long Beach State box office at 562-985-4949, or obviously you can visit longbeachstate.com for all that information as well. So last year we talked about who would play who in a movie, right? All the coaches, Andy. Yeah. Uh, we got to think of a new one this year. I know. And I'm thinking maybe, you know, like uh, recommendations. So maybe it's food or a movie or a book okay. or a all TV right. show or something. So when, we're, when you're going through your week, Andy, think okay. of something that you think Long Beach Nation needs to be checking out I love it. throughout the week. I love it. Is that good? Or I'm maybe we it. can just ask Andy for like the most embarrassing story he has about each coach. I'm trying to get <laughs> him <laughs> to <laughs> do extra work, Mike. Just, let's, yeah. let's be nice about it at least. Andy's got too much free time during the season. I'm, I'm looking forward to having Alan Knipp on and saying, so what are you uh, reading or watching right now? And he's yeah. just going to stare us like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like volleyball, 24 hours a day. <laughs> We'll work on it. Uh, thank you to producer Roger for putting this thing together hey, and their, their great work on that Long Beach State Hall of Fame class. Uh, thank you to Andy for letting us host this show. And thank Always. you, Long Beach. We appreciate you just letting us be around for another year. For, for Mike, for JJ, for everybody at the562.org, thank you. And we'll see you in the stands so this weekend. We're going to see you in the stands this weekend. We're already back. Because you're JJ, you don't have to say for JJ. It's just you're already saying that by talking.